the Sports Talk with Devin Wade recap. Any given Sunday, anything can happen. What we think so far. Lakers, were they oversold? Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade briefcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Briefcast 42 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. The Briefcast, I want to come to you guys solo without special teams unit, but I encourage you guys to go back and listen to full-fledged episodes where you can hear all the bells and whistles when we get the gang together and have a full-fledged production. But we have a fun one this time out, and I'll give you a rundown of that in just a second. But first and foremost, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. So, so, so glad that you are here. I don't know where you found us. I am so glad you have. And for those of you who have spread the word through social media and word of mouth, we certainly appreciate that and cannot thank you enough. And specifically this time out, I want to thank the folks in the state of Georgia, the state of Maryland, and the state of Missouri. I said, you know what? I looked at the analytics and we've been doing well in those areas. Of course, you know, it goes without saying H-Town, but because I'm based here in Houston, Houston shows me love each and every time out. All over Texas, we do well. Need to get some more listens out in uh, West Texas. EL, you hear me? I'm, I'm giving you a shout out out there in Lubbock. Let's get some more Lubbockers, Lubbockites. I don't know what they are. Let's get some more Lubbock folks on board. I've never been to Lubbock. Maybe if enough folks uh, start to tune in, we'll start to talk more Texas Tech. But nonetheless, I want to welcome you guys and remind you that you can go to the Wade's Word Productions website for all things Devin Wade and all things Sports Talk with Devin Wade and the Friday Express and all the theatrical stuff that I have done and will be doing again. And I'll mention that at some point and maybe in a future podcast. I'll tell you more about that. Go there and subscribe and be a part of the email list when I send you guys out emails to tell you what's new, what's going on with the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast, locations, gear, stuff like that. You can go there for that. In addition to that, we have the 24-hour Sports Talk with Devin Wade sports line, and that's 832-941-6614. That's 832-941-6614. Call and comment 24 hours a day. We have a voicemail set up, so no operator standing by, but you can leave a message there and it might make it to the next podcast. You never know. It may, it might've made it in this one. We don't know. And in addition to that, just when you go on comment on the different podcast platforms, whether it's uh, Apple podcast, whether it's uh, Stitcher, Spotify, like make some nice comments, give us some comments, let folks know that you like and appreciate what we do. Well, coming up this episode, we have the brand new segment where we talk about things that are not related necessarily to sports. We'll get into some of those things. In addition to that, we have headlines where we'll talk about a few of the things that are going on in the world of sports, the major, major things. And uh, I have comments on a couple of those things for sure. Then we're going to get into the We the People, where I essentially gave them a sort of I merged two segments together, the This or That segment. And you remember that? And that's uh, on full-fledged episodes uh, with Eddie or Biscuit or Kevin Allen or Kalina. But we did it with the We the People. So we uh, asked folks a question on Facebook. They responded, and we'll give you their results at that point. Then we have a word about breast cancer. After that, we'll get into not only who was nice, but who was D-nice 
in a segment that celebrates all the successes of the weekend. In addition to that, we'll take a time out, come back with Still Call the Blues, and a very special conversation with Plex owner and trainer extraordinaire, friend of the show, Danny Arnold. We'll talk all about his training and working with pro athletes and working with high school athletes and all the things going on with Danny. Of course, uh, he is a Texas Southern Tiger alumni, and it's a homecoming week for the Texas Southern Tigers. So we'll talk about that. We have the Lamont Award. And, of course, before I let go, all that coming up. But right now, let's get into what's brand new. Brand new, brand new, brand new. What's brand new with me is that I hit the road with the Texas Southern Tigers and uh, sat in for my man Larry the Chatterbox Hell. Now, I've been doing uh, TSU football for 20-plus years, but I don't hit the road, especially for the long road trips, very often anymore. But he was ailing, so I stepped in and uh, I did that. And, uh, you know, again, it was full of adventure, like uh, traveling usually is, you know, when you were young, you know, when I was younger, it was just whatever happened. It was exciting and new and fresh. You know, nowadays I would rather a weekend at home, quietly working in my garden. I have not worked in my garden because it's can it continues to be 90 plus degrees in Houston in October. It's super, super hot. We finally got a little cool front, but it'll be 91 day after tomorrow and then it'll be in the 50s on Friday or whatever. So yeah, I had I want to work in my, my garden. Not that I have a green thumb, but I, there's just something I feel like as a homeowner I should do more of. I'm not good at that, but nonetheless, went on the road, had uh, my adventures with weather and travel and technical issues and I want to take the opportunity to thank Mike Burns and the wonderful folks at Alabama A&M for really working with me and uh, making sure that everything went as smoothly as it could given the circumstances and those uh, folks at Alabama A&M were first class it was homecoming for those folks and uh, everybody was really really nice and it's always fun if you haven't gone especially if you are HBCU uh, attendee and if you uh, a Texas Southern Prairie View attendee. It's always fun to go on the road and see what homecoming is like for other institutions around the country. And they do it big, and they had a whole lot of fun. It was a, a great game, but the Texas Southern Tigers fell in overtime. But I'm telling you, the team is turning a corner, and homecoming should give you an opportunity to get excited about the TSU Tigers and about those uh, offensive players at the skill positions that are really exciting to watch. So that'll be a whole lot of fun. That's uh, what's going on with them. And it's homecoming 2012, and that'll be a, a big-time fun weekend. They have festivities all week long, and I will be there literally all day long on Saturday because once you get on campus, the game is on campus, campus for the first time in 11 years and once you get on campus you're there because I'm not leaving. You won't be able to get back on. The game is a 2 p.m. kickoff, and I go on with uh, KTSU Sports Talk at 8.30 a.m. So I'll get there by 7.30, and I won't be leaving. And I'll probably sort of uh, wind my way through uh, the homecoming festivities after the game as well. So looking forward to that. The other thing that I noticed, a lot of stuff in the world of entertainment and stuff, I noticed that Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry opened his brand-new studio, State of the Art, and, you know, I, I got to give him credit. 
because look, I've almost got jumped on by a bunch of old ladies <laughs> behind my critiques and my criticism of Tyler Perry movies. I was in line one day for a movie. I won't tell you which movie it was. It was a Tyler Perry movie, and I was talking bad about Tyler Perry and Sister Edwards and and her homegirls were not having it. And I had to really sort of okay, I had to clean that up and walk that back a little bit. But you know what? For all of the criticism that I have given him, that dude is doing big, big things, and he's creating opportunities in ways that you dream of. He's doing it big. I have I have to give him credit for that and i still have only seen one of his movies all the way through but i tell you what i will work on my uh, my imaginary relationship with uh tyler perry movies I, i'll work on that and see what i could do um, but nonetheless yeah, i want to give him big ups because that's momentous and that's big and that'll create a lot of opportunities for folks who would not have otherwise had the opportunity so that's uh, what stood out to me with what's brand new stuff that's not related to sports but in sports let's get into some headlines now that we have gotten through some of the entertainment stuff, it's time to get into what happened on the field. Right now, as we speak, the Astros are battling. Uh, Justin Verlander took the mound on a short rest, on three days rest, and he got knocked around the park. So I'm keeping one eye on the podcast, the other on the Houston Astros, trying to put down the Tampa Bay Rays. And all of a sudden, this team looks a little bit vulnerable. As we speak, the Astros are down 4 nothing. Altuve had a chance to score but could not get in. And he sort of uh, should have stayed at third. Instead, he went for it and got thrown out at the plate. But we'll keep an eye on that. The Yankees have already advanced, sweeping the Minnesota Twins. And we have a couple of game fives coming up tomorrow with the Dodgers and the Washington Nationals and the Atlanta Braves and the St. Louis Cardinals. So as exciting as it is on the National League side, I tell you what, it's tense in Houston right now because all of a sudden, everything depends on Garrett Cole. Uh, pitching day after tomorrow. That's going to be, uh, you don't want to go to a game five because anything can happen in a five-game series. And we don't have that extra game to play with like you do in a seven-game series. Had this been a seven-game series, Verlander would not have pitched today. He would have pitched in game five as opposed to having to pitch in game four on short rest. Got knocked around a little bit. The bullpen, uh, for the most part, is holding it together. But they only have a couple of innings to get it done. So we'll keep an eye out on that. A lot of stuff going on in the NFL. Jay Gruden already fired in Washington. I mean, that is a horrible organization. And now I can talk freely. Uh, before I had my boy Tony Wiley working for the organization, uh, not that that sort of slanted anything that I said, but I really can let him have it uh, now that he's gone. So he's working with Special Olympics and we'll have him on the podcast one of these days soon. But I tell you what, that organization, and I remember, I remember the great days of the Washington Redskins from Joe Theismann to John Riggins. I mean, that was my team. Any team that could beat the Cowboys was my team. I like Minnesota with Fran Tarkin, Amar Rashad, Sammy White, those teams. But they couldn't they couldn't consistently beat Dallas to get to the Super Bowl. Although they got to what four Super Bowls under Fran Tarkington. But yeah. I just, yeah, I like the Vikings, but the Redskins came and put it down and really handled. I mean, look, Daryl Green went to Jones High School, my home high school in Houston, Texas. I mean, you talk about the Hogs. And so many of those guys I liked on the Washington Redskins, Charlie Brown, Art Monk. 
but that, that is a distant, distant memory. And for the folks in D.C., and I remember going to D.C. in the, had to be in the 90s, maybe, yeah, in the 90s. It wasn't in the 90s. And I'm telling you, I had never been to a city that was so owned by that franchise, by a franchise. And that Redskins, it, Redskins stuff was everywhere. It was all about the Redskins. Now, you know, I, I know Pittsburgh is kind of the same. Cleveland is kind of the same. I, you know, but I just really felt the energy. Maybe it was a time of year. I don't know. But you just felt like you are in Redskins land. I mean, Dallas is what they call themselves America's team. They're beloved all over, but you also have a lot of Dallas haters. Uh, you know, Washington didn't have that. Instead, they had just a city that totally embraced them. And that franchise is just horrible. They have a quarterback that they don't want to play. I don't know what Dwayne Haskins is or isn't. I, I really don't. Uh, I know he hasn't played a lot. So I don't know. You know, they're saying he's not ready. Hey, you know, my philosophy anyway is why if every all the parts around him are not good, why are you going to throw him out there? You have a, a all pro left tackle, Trent Williams, who is not in camp. He uh, not in on the team. He's holding out. He's not coming back. They won't trade for him. You have problems in the backfield. You don't really have a, a capable receiving core. You have nothing. Why Why waste this year for this young man? What can he get out of playing with a bunch of bad players who can't really perform? You can get him hurt. You can get him banged up. Or you can shake his confidence. Again, I come from a time where the Houston Texans absolutely ruined David Carr. Now, maybe he never would have been whatever he could have been, but he certainly wasn't what he could have been after he was banged around and beat up by that offensive line and playing around and alongside guys who just who weren't NFL ready. And so Dwayne Haskins, I don't know, the jury is out. But now you have a clean slate with uh, at least an interim coach, and we'll have to see what direction they go in moving forward. But that organization is a mess. Now, uh, all, there are a no, number of teams with a lot of things to worry about. But i tell you what, who is living their best life, and that's the Houston Texans. And, of course, here in Houston, you're going to hear all about the Texans exploding for 53 points. Deshaun Watson, Will Fuller just doing work, and we'll talk more about those guys a little bit later on. But, again, you don't know what this team is because this team can come back next week and score one touchdown they have two games this season where they've only scored one touchdown so not a lot going on consistently for the offense you think okay well maybe this is a breakthrough for the texans we'll see they have kansas city this week and it seems like pat mahomes every week or every other week uh, it's a matchup of quarterbacks of the future uh, you know i remember a few weeks ago when they build lamar jackson versus pat mahomes the future quarterback now this is this is probably much more legitimate a test right here when you talk about quarterbacks of the future and how good Deshaun Watson can be. The problem is, will he have the coaching staff? Will he have the support system behind him to really get that done? We'll have to see. We'll have to see what happens with that situation. But they're living great right now. Everything is good. And a number of teams are having their dreams shattered. Maybe the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, maybe they got off to this fantastic fairy tale start and the clock struck midnight because every week you're not going to play the New York Giants. You're not going to play the Miami Dolphins and you're not going to play the Washington Redskins. There comes a point where you have to play some good teams. Okay, you lose on the road to New Orleans. Okay, you give them a pass on that. But now you come back and lose to Green Bay. A team, Both of these teams you'll have to go through to get to the Super Bowl and 
and you don't you just don't get it done. Things are so reactionary in the NFL when it, when it comes to wins and losses, and it just feels like whoa, here we go again. Dak Prescott does he get his money? Does he not get his money? What's gonna happen there? So we'll have to see. They'll level off. I don't think that this is a fall off of a cliff, but it may be an indication that this team is not a Super Bowl favorite. In fact, I don't know in the NFC who is. You want to say the Rams, but the Rams can't stop anybody. You want to say Philadelphia, but Philadelphia is inconsistent and they're not healthy. You want to say a number of teams and you just, you can't say. Which, I mean, Green Bay, I don't know. Nobody's scared of Green Bay. Maybe the Saints when Drew Brees gets back. I, I don't know. But one team that is just really utterly disappointing and I think the next coach that should be fired is Dan Quinn. Atlanta, the Falcons, I just don't understand how they move. I just don't understand with all that talent, they don't produce better results. And again, they get blown out of the water. They don't do well. They can't stop the Texans at all. I don't know what to say about this team. He's supposed to be a defensive guy coming from Seattle. This team is horrible. I mean, I know that they have injuries. I know that. But, man, consistently you can't get it done. It looks like now they can't run the ball. You have Devontae Freeman, Edo Smith. But you have the best receiver, best two or three, the top two or three receiver in the game, and Julio Jones. You have Calvin Ridley. That's a good guy. That can really ball out. You have Sanu who can play. You have Austin Hooper. You have a lot of parts. You have a guy that was an MVP. You know what I mean? So I don't. I just don't know. What they're doing in Atlanta, I, I just don't know. But Dan Quinn has to be in trouble. And leave it to the Cleveland Browns to be the Cleveland Browns. To all this hype and all of these moves, and you say, oh, man, they got it all now. They're all ready. You have OBJ. You have uh, Baker Mayfield. And you, you go ahead and you go on the road to San Francisco and you get just decimated. 31-3 was the final last night. And May, Mayfield is being exposed. He is what I thought he was. Never was a, a, a Baker Mayfield fan. But just like wrestling, people are really relishing dominating this guy. And, and I tell you what, he has a couple long Sundays ahead of him. And the pressure is only, only going to ratchet up. All it takes, all it takes is for, for Odell Beckham to say something. Like ah, uh, to to just give him a half of a shot. He doesn't have to even go all in on him. Just give him half a shot, and he can ruin that kid's career already. I'm telling you, they're gonna lose confidence in him really, really quick. Now they have the cavalry maybe on the way, although Nick Chubb has been balling out. But you still have Kareem Hunt coming. You know, maybe that's a little bit of a of relief for them. But again. Freddie Kitchens, you got the job, no experience, never have been a head coach on any level. You got the gig. I don't okay. Let's see how it goes. But I don't I, I didn't think he was ready. I didn't think the team was ready. I think that I don't like the way things were handled uh with the previous coach. I did even though yeah, it was time for him to go, but he it wasn't as cut and dry as people made it out to be. He just got caught up in a, a really bad situation and he didn't help himself. Baker Mayfield totally threw Hugh Jackson under the bus. And now, you know what? Now we're finding out what's really, really real. I'm not rooting for Baker Mayfield. I think Baker Mayfield is all about, he's a Johnny Manziel with a a few more pounds on him. I just, whatever. But we'll have to see how how that entire thing plays out. But there are a number of teams that are panicking these days. In the meantime, hey, a couple teams are rolling. San Francisco's rolling. And New England Patriots just continue to do what they do. Boy, but let's get to the NBA. Now, I'm telling you now, I am fired up about this one. And I'm not even talking about the play on the court. 
Well, Darren Morey, the general manager of the Houston Rockets, he tweeted his support for the students protesting in Hong Kong. Now, I know we in America don't pay attention to just about anything internationally. We, we just, in mass, we don't. I'm, I'm frustrated by this. I think that we are in the current political predicament that we're in because we have not paid attention. But see, this is, this is a, a prime example. This is what will test your patriotism. This is the kind of thing that will show you, hey, you are in America and you're not anywhere else. You're not in a lot of other places around the world. So Moray tweets his support for the students protesting in Hong Kong. Hong Kong was a English uh, province or territory that run by the English. They gave it up and, and sort of ceded control which I think they had signed declarations that at a certain day, certain time, they would cede control to China, mainland China. Chinese have taken over. Now all of a sudden the Chinese warned Hong Kong, who had much, many more liberal privileges. They could have many more freedoms. They were in their own little space. They were advanced. They had you know, all sorts of rights. They had freedom of speech, all of those things. Well, mainland China, they don't do that. China, they don't do that. But the NBA decided years ago when Yao Ming came over that they were going to get in bed with the Chinese. And that is fine. If you want to ignore their human rights violations, if you want to ignore all the stuff that they've done, that's fine. You can ignore all of that if you want to make that money. And everybody wants to make Chinese money. Everybody wants to make those billions that come with Chinese money because, hey, they're a billion, I mean, two or three billion. I don't know how many people in China, but way more than the 320 million that are in the United States. So just a lot of people. And if the government is in bed with you, if they're on board with what you're doing, you're going to make a bunch of Chinese, I mean, billions of dollars. And that's what the NBA has been able to do. And you can be critical of that. And I, you know, whatever you, you, you can be, but say if you want to go ahead and make the money and you want to say, well, maybe sports can bridge the gap. Well, when Maury made his statement supporting the Hong Kong students that are out there protesting, Chinese get pissed off. They're like, hey, we're going to cut ties with the Rockets because the Rockets were the, the national team almost of China. And, when, you know, all our players every year go over there and do things, and the, or the team has a great relationship with, with China because of Yao Ming. So it's been a great, great relationship until he decided to speak up. Now, you can debate whether or not it was smart. Because you know you have this relationship with China and you know that they're going to get pissed off if you say something like this. So you can debate whether or not it's smart. But what you can't debate is he has a right to say whatever in the hell he wants to say about China anywhere else. You know why? Because he's an American. So China can, you know, kick rocks. I want to say some other stuff. But you can go move around. You And so that's not even my problem that you're mad. You can be mad. But when you kind of try to imply that you want the NBA or you want the Rockets to do something with this guy, then you you stepping too far. I, you, I wish somebody would come into my house and tell me how to run my house. That's like somebody coming in your home telling you what to do with your child because your child did something that they deemed wrong. Well, in this house, we do it like we do it. And Daryl Morey has the right to say whatever the hell he wants to say. And China can't say shit about it. And I, don't, I do not, I really don't appreciate this. So understand, yeah, it's going to cost them billions of dollars. 
But Adam Silver, I'm team Adam Silver. He's trying to walk this line and not really irk them where they're totally off board with the NBA. But at the same time, he what he said was we're not going to step on his or dare more his rights to say whatever he wants to say. He has free speech. So now let's think about this when we go into these relationships with these countries that don't honor human rights and don't honor human freedoms. And then you can say, well, we, hey, well, that's their country. They can do whatever they want to do. And they can but don't come over here telling me how to run my house. So while it was a stupid financial thing for him to do, I'm down with Daryl Murray. Say whatever the hell you want to say because we fought and died for, for the right to do that. And that's why, you know, people get mad. Well, you know, um, yeah, I, I don't, you know, America, this, and America has a ton of problems that we need to work on. I am the first to say that and everything ain't equal and everything ain't right. And it, it's about to get even more funky. If you read some of the headlines that are out there today, just check the Supreme Court and what's coming out, what may be coming out in the pipeline. I don't know if it's coming yet. But I'm just saying, you read your current events, and it'll get a lot more funky before it gets right. But at least we're striving. Uh, tr the people are striving. If, even if we are slow to move, we're moving in the right direction or trying to. But in China and other places around the world, Russia, they move the way they move. And if they, you're not down with the government, they're not down with you, and you don't have the freedom. Free, hey, China, you know, you can kiss our no, you're not going to tell us how to run our household. So, uh, Adam Silver, I give you all the props in the world. Tillman Fertitta, you, you, boy, you did a lot of shuffling. You did a lot of Harlem shuffling. And you, now, you say you're not going to fire him, and you shouldn't. And you shouldn't discipline but you should have a conversation. Hey, man, you cost me a lot of money. A lot of money. But you know what? That's found money. China money is found money. Even though they have more fans, literally more fans in China than they are there are in America, hey man, that's found money. You take care of home. So and that can be a note to other sports. You want to run around the world, you better be careful who you get in bed with financially because he could come back to bite you. So uh, you know, while Daryl Murray made a again, I'll say this, he made a whew, that was not a smart financial decision. But I tell you what, he has every right in the world to say it. And I think other people should be offended. It shouldn't just be me. A lot of people around here should be offended. Now, I don't have any Chinese sponsors, but if, if, if you know a billion Chinese want to get on board and uh, sponsor the podcast, and then uh, we, will, we will quiet our criticism. Not really. I won't. I'm not selling out. I'm not going to sell out. I have a price, but I'm not going to sell out, theoretically. But nonetheless, no, you know what? You know, it's it's a funky, funky situation, and that's why work. We talk about sports and politics. All this stuff bleeds together, and when you deal with countries like that, you get what you get. And so, you know, we'll see what happens and how serious they're taking this. But essentially, they say well, anything that sort of upsets, uh, you know, our sovereignty is uh, is is not free speech. You can't say that. I look at the kids; they want their rights. China's trying to block everything for them, so good for them. I'm not going to war with China over that. That's that's how they run their thing. You know, it's a very complicated situation, and, I, you know, the bottom line is don't tell me what to do in my house. Darren Murray, do your thing, and I'm not even just a huge – I haven't always been a huge fan. I've been more of a fan lately and how you've been able to make moves. So we'll see what happens. We'll follow the story, but I'm team Adam Silver, no doubt about that. So with that – Let's go to a segment that we call We the People. We the People. Hey now. The 
We the People segment is when I go to the folks, especially on my Sports Talk with Devin Wade fan page and group page on Facebook. In addition, I do post uh, polls occasionally and I uh, need to be more frequently on the Wade's Word Productions website. So uh, you look for those coming up in the near future. But on We the People, I ask folks uh, three questions. And although usually I give multiple choices, this time it resembles a segment that we call this or that. That's because I essentially gave everybody two choices. We started off with question number one. Who's the better three and two football team right now? Is it the Dallas Cowboys or the Houston Texans? And by a whole lot. Now, keep this in mind. Now, I am in Houston, but I'm also in Texas. And I have a lot of Dallas Cowboy fans who listen to me on Saturdays and call in on Saturdays and follow me on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. But by a landslide, people said the Houston Texans. I was really surprised by that. Uh, I mean, given the fact that you still have Ezekiel Elliott, you have a young, vibrant defense in Dallas. And, uh, you know, the NFC is a little bit more, uh, it's a little easier to get through than the AFC right now. You still have Kansas City. We'll see what happens there. And you have uh, New England of course. In the NFC, Dallas is in that group with everybody else. San Francisco is the only team that's really rolling the 4-0, but aside from that, you would think Dallas would get more love, but they did here in Houston, or at least on my Facebook page, which not a lot, not all Houstonians, by a landslide, picked the Houston Texans. I asked question number two, Dak Prescott or Deshaun Watson, which quarterback would you take? And just about every single person said, Deshaun Watson. I was really surprised by that. I thought Dak would get more love, and it started a conversation back and forth between Nate Jones and my man Willie Carter. Willie Carter, I'm telling you, he knows his stuff. So, But even he had to give the – well, he gave his sentimental edge to Dak, but in, in football terms, he gave his love to Deshaun Watson. Again, what a good week to have that question, right? Deshaun Watson with five touchdowns. But, I mean, really, the guy can do it all. And so the third question was – uh, should Daryl Morey face discipline for what he said about Hong Kong and the, the students? So we just talked about that, and everybody, everybody said, no, he shouldn't. So you guys are on board with me even before I got going. So that's it for We the People. Want to give you a word about breast cancer and come back with a whole lot more. It's Briefcast 42 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and KTSURadio.com. October is National Breast Cancer Awareness Month. It's designed to increase the awareness of the disease and to raise money for the research into its cause, prevention, diagnosis, treatment, and cure. In 2019, it's estimated that nearly 332,000 cases of invasive and non-invasive breast cancers will be diagnosed. Although we can't show you that we are wearing pink, we do want to remind you to wear pink and schedule your mammogram today. In honor of October as National Breast Cancer Awareness Month, we're playing a song from cancer survivor Terry Donald. Here's a snippet of It's Not Over, and catch the entire track at the end of this podcast. Cancer, they said, a hard word to hear. It took hold and it made me fear. My eyes off the Lord, I started to sing. Talk with Devin Wade would like to welcome our new sponsor, $5 Jewelry Paradise. 
With the help of actress, singer, and independent paparazzi consultant Terry Donald, you can enhance your look and treat yourself without breaking the bank. If you need a little sparkle and that just right accessory to help you shine brighter, visit $5 Jewelry Paradise at $5JewelryParadise.com. You can also join her weekly Facebook Live party, Thursdays at 8.45 p.m. Book your very own vending event or home party. And if you think you would like to earn a little extra income, you too can sling some bling by calling 832-296-1716. In addition to looking great and being inexpensive, all jewelry is nickel and lead free. So start shopping now by going to the number five, the word dollar, jewelryparadise.com. Why not treat yourself to a little sparkle so the world can see you shine? Now it's time for a segment where I give my love and recognition to those who got off this weekend, who had big weekends, who was D nice. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. Deshaun Watson, man, he had a fabulous afternoon. We talked about that uh, quite a bit. Uh, we made reference to it, but specifically, he was 28 of 33 for 426 yards and five touchdowns in a huge victory at home. Man, we saw numbers. I mean, he just did his thing in a huge way, and the guy that took those passes is another guy who was D-nice. Will Fuller, 14 receptions, 217 yards and three touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey, he is Mr. Fantasy everything. He did it all. I mean, Carolina, they're not missing a beat without Cam Newton. I hope Cam comes back, though. I'm looking forward to Cam getting healthy and coming back. But Christian McCaffrey, 19 carries, 176 yards, and two touchdowns. But that's not it. That's not all because he had six receptions for 68 yards and another touchdown. Big, big afternoon for him in a winning effort. Amari Cooper, 11 receptions, 286 yards and one touchdown. And Matt Breida, I mean, a lot of running backs did well, but he had a 83-yard run. He finished last night on Monday Night Football with 11 carries, 114 yards, and a touchdown. From a team perspective, hey, the Colts go on the road and beat Kansas City in a huge upset, 19-13. That defense is playing well, even without Darius Leonard, who's banged up with, I think, a concussion. I think he's a little banged up with that. I think he'll be back soon but that defense is playing well offensively they did enough to win under Jacoby Brissett so they would be nice also the San Francisco 49ers 4-0 on the season shut down all of that hype all of that talk of the Cleveland Browns with a 31-3 win going to 4-0 on the season can you believe that 4-0 on the season the Houston Texans I talked about them 53 points and just an offensive explosion I've gave love to Deshaun Watson but as a team the Texans did their thing three and two let's see what happens going into kansas city they, they certainly gave us enough hype to talk about leading into the game versus kansas city so a big big week for the texans i think the biggest win we saw john gruden jay or john john gruden not jay john gruden dancing because his oakland raiders go to london and defeat the chicago bears and khalil mack i you know he had to feel vindicated by that trade although the trade still made no sense because i don't care how good they are they would have been better with Khalil Mack on their team, uh, but nonetheless, the guy they drafted in his place, Jacobs, the running back, he had a big afternoon, big win for the Oakland Raiders. The Seattle Seahawks, hey, a big division win at home, and they're going to need every win. Now, when I talked about the best teams in the NFC, I did not mention the Seattle Seahawks. It might be the team you need to start talking about. A big 30-29 to 29 win Thursday night over the Los Angeles Rams. So all of those teams and all of those players were not only nice, they were D-nights. 
That'll do it for this portion of the podcast. When we come back, we'll see who has the blues after this weekend, and we will hear from the owner and operator and sports trainer extraordinaire Danny Arnold, and we'll have the Lamont Award. And before I let go, this is Briefcast 42, Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. It's Shelly Wade, and welcome back to Sports Talk with Devin Wade. And have played on the podcast, just email us at music at wagewordproductions.com. That's music at wagewordproductions.com. The genre does not matter as long as it's uh, radio friendly. We'd like to run a family show. Uh, just disregard the expletives from earlier in this podcast. But nonetheless, if you have music you want to send us, be sure to email me and uh, hit me up at music at wagewordproductions.com and we'll get your music on the podcast. We'll play a portion at the midway point and an entire track at the end of the podcast. With that, well, you know, everybody likes to celebrate winners and everybody enjoys, you know, broadcasting and pumping up winners. A lot of people lost this weekend and sometimes you just have to embrace the misery of losing, whether it's your fantasy team, your, your, your home team, the team you root for, your university, your college, no matter what the case is, you know, sometimes you have to wallow in it a little bit so you can appreciate the good times. That's why it's still called the Blues. Now, let me tell you who has the Blues this weekend. Of course, the Washington Redskins, 0-5. We talked about them. And, you know, Jake Gruden is out. And things will not get better. I don't think things will get better. So that is going to be a situation that will they will have the Blues for the remainder, at least, of this season. We'll have to see what happens moving forward. Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, and five. They, they were bad, but not that bad. I know Marv Lewis is probably happy. Uh, well, then again, you know, I, he probably doesn't enjoy watching his old team lose, but he was much maligned. They have not shown any signs of life on five on the season after losing to Arizona. Arizona of all teams giving them their first win of the season. That will give you the blues. Tennessee Titans only scoring one touchdown at home. That will give you the blues losing to the Buffalo Bills. And, of course, individually, Baker Mayfield. You have to have the blues of your Baker Mayfield. You had 100 yards passing, two interceptions, and a fumble, and you were sacked four times, and you were humiliated by Nick Bosa and later by Richard Sherman. 
we'll get into shots fired on that whole situation with Richard Sherman and uh, Baker Mayfield at a later episode. After that, you talk about Dak Prescott. Yeah, he put up a lot of yards, but he also had three interceptions and three sacks in a losing effort. And a guy, no one knows what's going on with this guy. Uh, Todd Gurley, 51 yards on 15 carries, averaging 3.4 yards per carry. He just can't seem to get it together. The run game is just so, sort of uh, just missing in action. No one knows what's going on with the Rams in their running game. But you know what? Anyway, you look at it, it's still called the Blues. And it's still called them Blues, y'all. All right. Now, as promised, our conversation with a good friend of mine and friend of the show, Danny Arnold, to talk about Plex and pro athletes working out and all that good stuff. As promised, joined now by fitness, what, I guess trainer extraordinaire, uh, he, a man of many titles, and of course a former Texas Southern University alum, and it's uh, TSU homecoming week, so what a great opportunity to visit with our very own, I say our very own, because he's a friend of the show, he's been a friend of mine for many, many years, Danny Arnold, how are you this afternoon? Man, I'm doing great, thanks for having me, it's uh, not only a pleasure to be you know, on the TSU, I guess, circles but also in, in lights that we had the homecoming coming up this weekend well you know what one of the things that i i may have brought up before i know i have on the ktsu sports talk is that you and i called the longest touchdown pass in texas southern history i don't know if you remember that it was at then southwest texas state and it was uh cortez hankton going 99 yards on a pass reception no i i do remember that play and i mean it was actually a, a I had a great time, you know, calling that game with you. And it's amazing that we clicked pretty good. But, uh, we, you know, we brought that good luck charm over there. So maybe we need to do it one more time. Yeah, we'll have to uh, rekindle that at some point. But I wanted to catch up with you because one of the things, I mean, you're renowned in your field as a, a trainer, and you work with some of the premier athletes in all over the world. And I want to get into uh, that part of it, but I want to talk about how your time at Texas Southern University really helped you become who you are today. You know, I had a great time at TSU, and, and you know, I got to see two parts of TSU. I got to see it as a student-athlete. But then I also got to see it as a, as a coach. And, you know, not many people get to see those, those types of views. They only see it usually one way. And so I really got a, a heck of an experience. And I matured a lot, you know, because I went in there obviously as a freshman. And then once you graduate, you know, you're, you're supposed to be thrown into the real world. But the, th- the real world for me was coaching at the, you know, the TSU level. And, and that was great. I mean, I, I, I wish – you know, people who had the same experience I had as both the student athlete and also as the coach, but it's some great, great years I had over there. Now, I know you started to do some strength and conditioning stuff over there, and then that sort of, I, I guess that evolved into you going out on your own and doing your thing, and, and we'll talk about the evolution, but is that how it sort of went? You know, it's it started actually on, on a bad note. What really happened was I started having a lot of injuries. You know, I started off with my my first year at TSU, I had a good year, and then uh, the next year I come back and I blow out my knee. And the rehab wasn't as well as I wanted it to be, and so I started studying a lot of sports medicine. And then I played more, had another good year, but then the following year I have another injury. And so then I studied even more in sports medicine. And so the sports medicine, the physical therapy, the strength and conditioning you might call that was always a major, major attraction for me because it was happening to me, and I wanted to do something about it. And so then afterwards, when I became a coach there at TSU, which was awesome because I never became a grad assistant. I actually became a, a full-time coach under Coach Thomas. So I got a lot of responsibilities. But then we also had players 
during that pledge village that got injuries, and I was able to pass on some of my experience to them, and they had great results from it. So from that, in the five, six years that I was there, then I decided to, you know what, maybe other universities, maybe other athletes, maybe other professional athletes need this. And that's how I ended up starting my own, you know, company, and, you know, which we are of today. And you, of course, went on to start Plex. Now, tell people a little bit about it. Obviously, you do a, a ton of stuff with pro athletes, but ordinary, not ordinary, but I mean, just student athletes, high school age yeah. athletes. Talk a little bit about what you do now, and then I'll go back and I'll ask you some follow-ups. You know, at Plex, when we started, you're right, we did start just uh, working with the professional athletes, in particular the NFL uh, football players and also a lot of Olympic uh, track and field athletes, but as time evolved, and we're talking, you know, 16, 17 years ago, as time evolved, we started branching out to working with other athletes, baseball and football, soccer, you name it, pretty much every sport. And then we started going even younger. We started going to the college ranks, to the high school ranks, to what we have even today. We work with athletes that are eight years old. Well, in that same time, here I am, I'm getting older. I'm going from my 20s to my 30s. And I'm looking at it, what is a person like me that is not necessarily one that's going to get into marathon running or into cycling? What does a person like me go to to get something different than the traditional fitness center instead of just running on a treadmill? And so we expanded our operations to people like you and I, whether we're trying to lose 10 pounds, whether we're just trying to feel good, whether we're trying to get stronger, regardless of what our goals was, we wanted to have something for everyone and anyone. And so... Today, we're, we're so fortunate that we have the, the staff and the personnel that we can. We can work with an 8-year-old kid that's trying to play sports for the first time. We can work with an 8-year veteran in the NFL, or we can work with someone that's trying to lose 50 pounds or coming off an injury. Yeah, so now we have the opportunity to work with everyone and anyone of ranges of all sorts of people, from athletes to non-athletes to those trying to be in shape to those trying to make it to the Olympics. And uh, it's very fun because we, we get to – mix that same type of people or excuse me mix those type of people in the same facility and i gotta tell you where people will think that that wouldn't work it does work if you set up the right atmosphere now what do you think that the normal person gets out of working next to because i remember i worked out there you know i started working out there and i on this particular day casey hampton was on the treadmill right next to me and it just sounded like a a 20 million dollar deal and here i am we're working out next to one another side by side what do you think the civilian or the non-athlete gets out of working around professional athletes it's motivation. I mean, that's the key. No different than when you put on your uh, headphones or uh, AirPods and you have a motivating song that makes you go extra longer in your workout, that makes you push yourself through whatever you're doing on a, on a day that you're tired. And that's what pro athletes around us, especially when, wait a second, I'm doing the same exercises as Casey Hampton. This is awesome. And so it gives you more of that energy, more of that motivation. And I think that we need that every single day. Some people are lucky to have it around them in different ways. Some people don't. And so with Plex, you know, we're able to bring in those incredible athletes and actually they're there to help motivate all these other individuals. But, you know, the funny thing is we always think about they're motivating us. They're motivating us. And if you really talk to a lot of guys like Casey Hamptons and the Julius Peppers and the Charles Woods, they'll tell you, hey, Danny, when I come in here, that average person over there that we wouldn't even think anything of, they're the ones that motivated me. I see him grinding every day, and I'm getting paid to do what I do. 
then I need to be grinding it. And, you know, and I remember that coming out of Charles Woodson's mouth one time, and I was like, man, that, that's, that's pretty cool. I bet you this high school athlete doesn't know that he motivates Charles Woodson, you know, a future Hall of Famer. But the truth is, we do. And so when you create that environment, it's so beneficial for everybody, including our, ourselves, the ones that are working there. I want to go back to when you first started working with the pro athletes. Who was the first guy, the first couple of guys that said, you know what, we put our careers, our, we trust our health to you to get us ready for uh, going back to training camp or in some cases getting ready for the NFL draft. Who were the first few athletes that turned to Plex and trusted you with their health? You know, uh, some of these names might not ring a bell to some people, but Orlando Pace, who was, you know, first-round pick, offensive lineman. You know, he's a Hall of Fame guy. Ty Law, another Hall of Famer in, inductee. Charles Woodson was another one. Uh, he's going to be soon in the, in the Hall of Fame. Bobby Taylor. So I was very fortunate. I got to work with some some studs right off the bat. And then, obviously, that, that grew pretty quickly with, you know, like mentioned guys like Casey Hamptons and the, and the Julius Peppers and Sean Rogers and all those things. And then in the baseball side, Lance Berkman, Rashard Lewis, who actually – still comes to Plex. 18 years later, I'm, I still see Rashard Lewis three or four, maybe five times a week. So, you know, it's, it's been a pretty, pretty nice run, and it just continues to evolve with some newer names. But those were some of the first ones that started. So many, I learned so many things from you, so many habits, so many workout methods. You never focused on me because I didn't show up enough. <laughs> but, but you <laughs> even, even in passing, you gave me so much knowledge. How has sports training evolved from the time that we were? I was going to your Murphy Road to where you are now. We're right off the Beltway near 59, and we're obviously building a new complex, pretty pretty large state of the art complex that'd be opening up by the end of this year, and uh, right there on uh, Fort Benton Toll Road and Beltway. How has the, the training has evolved? I think that when I first started Flags, uh, they looked at me weird that I staffed physical therapy and trainers together and that we work together. That was so unique. I think now in sports, they're embracing that. I still think that they got a long way to go. They're not embracing it in the way that they should. They would prevent a lot of injuries if they did. But I think that's where it's evolved a lot. I think, too, that they're a little bit more open-minded. You know, back in the day when I started it, it was all about lifting heavy weights. I've never been into heavy weights at all. I, I was you know, go against anybody that says lifting heavy weights, unless you're an Olympic lifter, uh, that is that is beneficial for you. So that has changed. You know, their coaches are being a little bit more open-minded to that. And then people like myself are not looked as oddballs, in it, meaning in the sense that back in the day, if you went to a coach or a trainer or a therapist outside of your team or outside of your environment, that it was, it was odd, it was weird. And now it, pretty much all the elite-level athletes they have someone on the side, someone like a, you know, like, like you would have a personal chef. Now, that's not considered so odd anymore. That's more of a common trait. And you kind of have to do that to stay in the competitive edge. But that's where it's evolved. Unfortunately, though, as much as it's evolved, I see a lot of things that haven't evolved. And uh, that's why it's good for us that we keep on staying cutting edge and continue uh, educating ourselves and, uh, and being the best we can be. Now, you were the first one uh, I heard use the term sports-specific training. And uh, if you could talk about how you might train a, say, a DB or a, a DB or wide receiver versus a defensive lineman versus maybe a high school volleyball player. Give me some of the changes. What, how would you approach those players uh, differently? You know, it's actually a lot simpler than people make it out to be. People try to 
get so complex almost to try to outshine us. And I'm talking about the trainers and the coaches. They try to make it so difficult when the truth is it's real simple. And I'll give you a real fast example. I was given a figure skater. I've never barely stepped in ice. I'm from the southern states. I don't, I don't mess with the cold weather. And yet I was given a figure skater that was supposed to be one of the top figure skaters in, in, in the country. And they told me, Danny, make them better. And real simple, I just went and watched his practices, watched his, you know, the, the movements he does, his landing, his takeoffs. I spoke to the coach. I was a sponge. I want to learn as much as I can from the coach, what was necessary from this athlete. And then I just go into the weight room or into the performance training center and I apply those same movements that were taking place in the ice skating room and just add some resistance to it. And when it comes down to your question about a volleyball player or a football player or, a, you know, regardless of the position, Basically, you look at a volleyball player, they do a lot of explosive, you know, short amount uh, area movements. They do a lot of quickness and reaction. So all you do is you come up with programs that have those those qualifications or those type of traits into it. The same thing with a, a wide receiver and a defense alignment. Both of them have to be explosive, but one of them has to be faster. So apply more speed type of drills to the wide receiver. Just apply more resistance, more off-balance more low center of gravity exercises to the defense alignment. And when you do that, you actually are able to connect the player to the drills that they're doing much, much easier, much, much quicker. And so the player is going to embrace your drills a lot more, and it's going to give you a lot more effort. I think we have so many trainers out there that they try to make things so fancy and so different. And the truth is, why are you going to do things different than what they are in the sport? I mean, that, this will be equivalent for me taking a math exam on Saturday, and then all week long I'm going to study English just so I become smarter. That, that's, that's silly. That's dumb. Do what you're going to be tested on. Do what your sport is. Don't try to think outside the box too much, you know, and, and don't think that different is necessarily better. Yes, make it challenging. Make it, you know, where there's a lot of resistance. But there's one thing, too, to add to all this. Make it fun. Make it fun for this athlete, whether it's a pro athlete or a young athlete or a person like you and I. We gotta make workouts fun and challenging, so then we keep on coming back for more and more and more. I've always noticed one thing about how you do train people: you don't waste a lot of time. There's not you're not in the gym for four or five hours. You're you're in and you're out. And I remember you telling me that professional athletes have busy lives. They want to be as efficient as possible. They want to get in and get out. And you know, sort of talk about that approach and how you've been able to get these guys. I mean, really concentrate workouts in short uh, periods of time. Well, I agree. I think it's it's business all the time. And they come in there, they're at work, you know, and, and although they might call it a gym, they might call it a training center, but they're at work and they're expecting to do things, you know, and, and then get out. And so myself included. And so we, we become very efficient. We look at all the movements or all the things that we're planning to do to make sure that every single one of those things are the most effective in a, in a time fashion. And then we apply that to our workouts. I think a mistake is that a lot of people, they do that. They go to these gyms, they rest too much in between, they dibble-dabble too much, you know, in between sets and reps, and they're wasting time. And I think that's not a very good use of your time. You know, for people, you and I, that's also very important because, you know, we always make the excuse, oh, we don't have time to go to the gym. Well, that's because we're probably so accustomed to going to the gym being an hour, hour and a half, two-hour thing, when in reality, you and I can go and get, go to a gym and get a very effective, very productive 30-minute workout, which means that maybe an hour I can fit it in four times a week versus two times a week. So 
that it, that is very important to do that, especially when it comes down to the pro athlete, is we don't want the, the workout that you do at Plex to be bothersome, to be something, well, I want to go there, but it just takes so long. No, no, no. We got to do it in a way where they get in, do everything we're supposed to. Now, we're, gonna, we're not going to cut them short on anything, but we don't mess around. We don't waste time. And then we get them out of there, you know. So now I will say it's a little – things have become a little bit tougher now with social media because from time to time you get a pro athlete, you know, you turn around, they're over there on social media messing around. You got to, hey, come on now, let's get, let's get back over here. So <laughs> some things you got to stop you. So, but it, it, it's, it's funny how those, those things you never were planned to, but you got you to gotta adapt to those things. Now, I know that you have a brand-new facility opening, and I know this is part of your emphasis that you're going to be doing a lot of stuff with volleyball. Uh, talk a little bit about what you have coming up, and, and even now, even before you move, how can folks, uh, you know, what, what are you doing for volleyball? Because I know this, this is a, a big, explosive thing, and I know firsthand how, how big this is growing into and how many young girls are trying to play volleyball and potentially go to college. Uh, talk a little bit about that endeavor. First of all, they can go to our website, plexathlete.com. That's P-L-E-X, athlete.com. They can learn a lot about our company. But, you know, as far as volleyball, we've always gotten the attention from the, you know, the pro athletes, meaning in the, in the NFL and very explosive sports like track and field. And I think it's, it's kind of carried on. And so a lot of people in the volleyball world have paid attention that, hey, we need to go to a training where it's very explosive, very fast. And, and that's why we've gotten a lot of the girls there. And not to mention that at our new facility, we're going to have uh, right next door to us eight volleyball courts, elite-level type uh, volleyball courts, and we're going to have obviously a tremendous amount of uh, volleyball girls coming our way. But the reason is real simple. Uh, you look at our training for our football players, very fast, very explosive, very demanding, very challenging. That's what you're expecting from a volleyball athlete nowadays. And volleyball is so competitive. I mean, it's unbelievable how competitive it is. You cannot be in that sport and not be utilizing another training tool or another type of expertise as far as on a daily basis because it is so competitive. And you look at these girls. I just watched, uh, you know, University of Texas volleyball the other day, and, I mean, these girls are studs. I mean, you can put them in any sport. They probably do very, very well. Don't think that uh, just the tall, lanky girls that can, that can volley are getting into that sport now. Nowadays, you got girls that are super athletic and super aggressive, and so – uh, it, it's a great fit for us. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's grown tremendously. And I only you know, foresee that this is going to continue to grow for, uh, for Plex. Now, uh, you've done some things over the summer I want to sort of recognize, and I came out for it, and it was a wonderful thing to see. You have uh, started doing things for the community. You had a big event over the summer. Tell folks a little bit about some of the charitable work uh, that Plex has done in the community. You know, this summer, it was, it was, it was great. I, I was able to do 16 camps. I did camps in Connecticut. I did them in Atlanta. I did them in Florida. I did one in Te uh, a few of them in, in outside of Houston in the Texas area. And then I did one of my favorite ones, which was right there at the Emancipation Park. And it was right at the tail end of the summer. And we call it the All Skills Camp. In fact, they can go check it out at allskillscamp.com. And uh, it, was, it was awesome because we were able to bring kids from primarily the inner city, primarily the third ward area, and expose them to a lot of sports that they've never been exposed to. We, we know soccer is a worldwide sport, but a lot of those inner-city kids aren't getting exposed to that. And I don't mean just give them a soccer ball and then let them run across the field, but I'm talking about being coached by elite-level pro athletes that were in attendance there or elite-level uh, pro soccer coaches that were in attendance at that camp as well. Uh, I brought in experts in lacrosse, 
some of these kids in there, as a matter of fact, I can tell you, every kid in there had never touched a lacrosse stick. They didn't even know what lacrosse was. And yet, at the same time, because they were good athletes, because they were used to playing football or basketball, they excelled in, in that sport. And so that was my point, is to bring uh, a camp that gives them exposure to sports that they don't otherwise get you know, exposure to, and to show them that there's so many means to continue playing sports in high school, even in college level, that doesn't have to be football, it doesn't have to be basketball. But in that camp, that's what we did. We exposed them to that. We also brought in some people that dealt with media to expose some of these kids. There's other means into sports. Look at yourself. You're, into, you're, you're knee-deep into sports year-round, and, and you're not necessarily putting on a helmet and, and going out there and, and making tackles, but you're involved in sports. A lot of kids sometimes don't know that. They think that, oh, you have to be associated with a team to pursue a career in sports. Look at myself. You know, God blessed me with a lot of injuries, so I would pursue a career in sports medicine and sports training. But, you know, if I wasn't exposed to that, you know, then I would have probably thought, well, I got to be an engineer or I got to be someone in, in, in non-sports type of thing. And so that was what the, the camp was all about. We got to do it in the beautiful, beautiful facility of Emancipation Park. The people were there. It was great. And uh, we got to have a first-class uh, type of uh, camp, and it was called allskillscamp.com, and it, it turned out to be awesome, Devin. And thank you, by the way, for coming out, because it does mean a lot when people like yourself take time out of your day to come and visit us. Well, anything I can do to support you, and I want to, before you go, as we wrap up here, uh, give folks all the information, where they can find you on social media, where they can find you on the Internet, and where they can find your physical location. Well, it's, it's real simple. It's basically two words. It's Plex, and that's P-L-E-X. Athlete. That's all of our social media, Instagram, Twitter. And actually, it's fun to go to our social media because we give a behind-the-scenes look of uh, what these pro athletes are doing in, in, you know, at, at, while they're training, while they're not in the, in the limelight. And I'm telling you, they do some silly, silly things. Same thing with our Facebook. Same thing with our Twitter. It's all Plex Athlete. Our website is PlexAthlete.com. And we're right now, we're located on the Bellway 8, but very, very soon we'll be move, moving to Bellway 8 and Fort Bend Toll Road. So, again, the best thing to do is go to PlexAthlete.com or search PlexAthlete, and it'll pop up everywhere and, uh, and check out all the stuff there. And by all means, anybody that listens to your podcast, you're more than welcome to come by. And uh, I'd love to meet them and then show them firsthand all about Plex. And maybe we can uh, play a role in their lives, whether it be for themselves or for their, their family or their son, daughters, or even if, uh, unfortunately, they sustain an injury. We do a lot of physical therapy. So, we're there for them. You know what? I want to try one thing. There's one thing that I, I have left that I want to try. You are doing the cryogenics, the freeze tank or whatever. I want to try that. I mean, how effective is that? I mean, has that worked out for a lot of athletes that you work with? It, it works tremendously. It's uh, To a lot of people that don't know, the cryotherapy or cryotherapy chamber, you essentially walk in there. You go in there in your undies, and uh, you stand up, and your head is exposed, and basically we push real, real, real cold air or nitrogen, uh, nothing harmful, but we, we push nitrogen in there and we, we get you very, very, very cold. And what happens is your body is assuming that you're freezing. And I know this sounds scary, but it really is. And it's only, you're only in there for three minutes, but your body is assuming that you're freezing. And so it starts reproducing and removing all the toxins from your blood and starts reproducing more blood cells. And so when, when you come out of the chamber, immediately you warm up. So, I mean, you're cold for about two or three minutes, but the second you come out, that surge of blood is in your system circulated, so you warm up real good, and you basically remove so much toxins in your system 
and you've also created more red blood cells. And so you have a more reproduction as far as recovery from anything, whether it be from just knees that are bad or lower back pain, but also other things like your endorphins and things like that, where you're going to sleep better that night. So it has been tremendous for recovery, especially when it's something that's non-invasive. You walk in there for three minutes, you come out of it, and wow, you feel so much better, and it does so much body, so much better for the body for the next day or two. So it's it's worked out good. And yeah, you definitely, you definitely have to do it, and uh, uh, it is fun. It is fun, and it's funny. <laughs> yeah, as long as we keep keep socks on, unlike Antonio Brown, right? Uh, oh no, no, <laughs> that was that was that was a silly thing. We keep we give them uh, we give you boots. And we give you gloves, and you keep your undies on, and then everything's going to stay warm. You'll be fine. Hey, man. Well, thanks a lot for joining us. It's always good to hear from you. Great opportunity to catch up with you during homecoming week. Uh, the Texas Southern Tigers playing on campus for the first time in 11 years. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. And, of course, you are a proud Texas Southern Tiger, so we certainly appreciate that. And and when you get the new facility open, I look forward to coming by and uh, seeing all the eight volleyball courts and all the things you're doing out there on Fort Bend Tollway here in Houston. Houston, Texas. Hey, man, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it all and looking forward and go Tigers this weekend. We got to whoop some butt. That was our conversation with Danny Arnold. I'm definitely going to go by and take him up on getting my freeze on. You know, my knee and my ankle are still hurting. I don't know. I, I need probably go need to go see a specialist. But you know what? That's why it's called the blues. I need to put that in the blues section. My knee and my ankle are still hurting. Maybe I can just freeze it out and, and freeze my way back to health. But with that, it's time for... The Lamont Award. I don't know to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks. With no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. This is where we recognize somebody who's done something really, really stupid, a stupid-ish, and uh, we give them the Lamont Award, which is for the big dummy of the podcast. Well, this time we, uh, the theme, I guess the theme in this one is know your personnel. Now remember that. I always say this all the time. People come to me and say, well, you know what? I told her something, and this is how she handled it. Well, why are you mad? You know what she is. You know who she is. You know what she does. Why are you mad at her? You, you know your personnel. And sometimes you don't know your personnel, but you have to make it a point in your life, in your workplace, in your personal life, your romantic life. You have to know your personnel. And if you are the Kansas Athletic Director Jeff Long, you have to know your personnel. Well, what did Jeff Long do to earn the Lamont Award? This is what he did. He invited Snoop Dogg to perform at a late night basketball, I guess, extravaganza that they have. They have an exhibition of the Kansas University men's and women's basketball team. It's called Late Night at the Fog. That's, uh, I guess that's Fog Allen, the arena in which they play basketball. It's a big festive affair, and everybody's there, and you, you, your basketball team is slam dunking, and you, and you run whatever. I don't know what all you do, but this midnight madness sort of thing and so they invited a guest to perform now this is how you have to know your personnel who did he invite did he invite uh taylor swift or did he invite i don't know Katy perry give me somebody who is a just a clean innocent pop reference i don't know you come up with the name but it, it could be anybody but instead they invited snoop now when you invite snoop 
you just about know what you're gonna get. I mean, you're not gonna get the uh, hymns. You're not gonna get. <laughs> you're not gonna get. I don't know. Uh, just a singer songwriter like Jim Croce type music. I mean, that's an ancient reference. You're not gonna get Cat Stevens. Yeah, you know. I don't. You you know about what you're gonna. Get. If you know your personnel, you know what he does. You know that he's famous for smoking weed and gin and juice and ain't no fun. Well. Ain't no fun if the homies can't have well, all the stuff that he's done. If you know Snoop, Snoop ain't changed. Snoop has cleaned it up with his relationship with Martha Stewart on the air and all the shows. I mean, he knows how to turn on and off. But as a performer, he's still who he is. And that's why you have to know your personnel. Well, what happened? So Snoop does the show. And what does he do in this show? And what does it include? Well, it included some pole dances, a money gun at an NCAA event now. Now, Kansas is already kind of foggy and they have this kind of, they're kind of sketchy. And they already have some issues that they're dealing with with Bill Self and the NCAA as it stands. You don't want a money gun with fake Snoop Dogg money being shot in the air and of course a ton of profanity in the music i mean again you have to know your personnel i mean i'll give you an example it's like if you invite uncle theodos to lead you in prayer at the family reunion you know it's gonna be an hour and a half before you eat now you get uncle ray you'll be eating in 10 seconds he's, he's gonna get it in and get it out and you're gonna eat but you have to know your personnel if you invite uncle theodos to get a prayer expect a 45 minute prayer it's like dating a stripper. Now, you know, before you date the stripper, if you take her to the house, that dress is going to be a little too short, a little too tight from your mother's taste. You can't take her around grandma. You can't take her around. You, you can't take her to family reunions. You know this because you know your personnel. And while you know you're going to get big ups from your homeboys for a minute, you know you also are going to have to embrace yourself and get ready for uh, those late night uh, text messages. What's up? You up? Not from her to you, but from everybody to her. <laughs> you, you just have to embrace that. You have to get ready for that. And you have to know that no matter what, pretty soon them streets going to come calling and uh, there's bye-bye strippers. So you just have to know your personnel. With all that being said, and Jeff Long, man, you, you, why are you getting mad at Snoop for being Snoop? It's like, what, Siegfried and Roy. You know, you, you, the, the lion attacked the man. Why are you going to be mad at the, the lion or the tiger for doing what tigers and lions do? Jeff Long of Kansas and all the Kansas officials who didn't vet or the performance by Snoop or shouldn't even have invited Snoop. You are a big dummy. You big dummy. <laughs> <laughs> now with that just about ready to wrap this thing up. But before I let go. Before I let go. Go ahead. Want to thank you guys so so much. Want to thank our new sponsor, Five Dollar Jewelry Paradise.com. Please go check them out. Support them because they support us, and well, they support me, and they support us. Us getting together, doing what we do inside of the podcast. Want to again invite you to send us your music at music at WaysWordProductions.com. In addition to that, please go to WaysWordProductions.com. Subscribe and comment, like, share on social media. All of those good things want to thank my man danny arnold and of course want to thank you guys you can hit me up on twitter at wade's word and of course the wade's word productions website and sports talk with devin wade page and group on facebook and catch me each and every saturday morning with my co-host the legend ralph cooper and the silver fox kevin allen on ktsu sports talk on ktsu 90.9 houston and as always 
Have a great day. Cancer, they said, a hard work to hear. It took